We all know the frustration of watching streaming videos when they start to buffer. It might just be a TV show, but it could be a live sporting event, or it could be the new release of Game of Thrones. Whatever it is, that buffing experience is crazy. You absolutely hate it. But you as a user hate it, but the person who's streaming the video, the person responsible for pushing that content out, that's their job. And that's the problem that the team at tell are trying to solve. They're layering a peer-to-peer network over the top of the CDNs to deliver an even better experience by utilizing all the viewers' browsers to help deliver that content to you. Welcome to the Fractal Startup Marketing Podcast, the podcast for founders who are frustrated that potential customers don't understand or they undervalue their innovative business solution. My name is Jared Doyle, and each week I interview the founders of companies who openly discuss how they're tackling the seven P's of startup marketing. In true startup fashion, we aim to learn through collaboration and discussion. Let's get into this episode. So Jose, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Thank you, Jared. The pleasure is all mine. And excuse me beforehand on my accent, because I've been told that the American accent is a little bit difficult to understand. Ah, it's, well... I'm Australian and I try really hard to lose my nasal accent because if I get excited, my voice goes up into my head and I start to speak too quickly. So I've got to actually learn to slow down myself. But you're clear as day. And I can say from my side, I can only speak one language. I'm not even that good at English. So <laughs> you're leagues ahead of me. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So let's jump, let's jump straight in. Let's start talking about Tell2. And the best way to do that is if you can give us the elevator pitch about what Tell2 does. Yeah, I'll, I'll go right ahead. So basically, Tell2 is a relatively new technology called peer-to-peer. And the way we work is we work with broadcasters, operators, streaming platforms, and we work on the distribution side of such streams. So in a nutshell, it's a decentralized video delivery technology that scales on demand to solve the uncertainty of streaming live content, as I said, for operators, broadcasters, OTT providers. We work on the distribution side of streaming by offering a software solution for media owners and operators to optimize their delivery costs, improve the quality of their live video streaming content. This is all done via an HTML5-based technology, a JavaScript code that integrates on web video players. As I said, it's a relatively new technology called peer-to-peer. It's an algorithm that we integrate on, on the video player of the distributors. Right. So let's let's dig into that a little bit and just so we can paint a picture in everyone's mind about what that might be. So let's think about who, who this applies to. So you talk about the video distributors. So what's an example of somebody who would run into issues with high usage of a streaming video? So it could be your typical broadcaster, your typical streaming platform, such as Netflix. But if you want to go, we work more on the live side of it. So live streaming. So typically we work directly more with broadcasters that stream live sporting events, live music festivals, anything in the live category. Because the situation right. they usually yeah, the situation they usually run into is that live streaming is unpredictable. So I'm not sure well, I'm sure you probably run into it when you're maybe watching say Yeah, we, we in Australia we had the World uh, the World Cup, so soccer world cup, football world cup. And the rights are held by SBS and oh, was it? One of the, anyway, one of the commercial stations picked it up and they tried to live stream and everyone paid for the extra and they just could not keep up with the demands. I think they, they always underestimate the fact that the whole world actually cares about exactly. soccer and, and they're kind of like they're blowing away. So and it was a debacle, like people signed up to broadband packages and all sorts of things and then they couldn't stream it. So so that's the problem you were, you guys avoid. 
and you know obviously a big one if that goes down how look i'm tech savvy when it comes to like my parents like mm-hmm. they go jerry can you fix the printer but i'm not tech savvy when it comes to cloud computing so when you say peer-to-peer i'm thinking it's the ability of you're like you're basically using the network of people that are watching the videos to also help provide the bandwidth to deliver it is that Ex- kind of right or am i way off yeah no that's exactly it actually so the way the typical distribution works for one broadcaster operator streaming something whether it be live or video on demand is that they use cdn They use CDNs as basically their main servers to provide the segment of videos to the viewers, say you and me. And the way Teltu works is we integrate directly on the player, kind of as the middleman, and we use the same users, as you said, as redistribution points. Right. So so this is in a situation, so we're really talking about high demand here, because obviously if you're on a CDN, the idea is that you should have some capacity to scale up. Now, is that does that fail? Is the problem there because the CDN can't scale quick enough? They don't have the capacity, or is it, or is it some other function that stops you know Amazon or Google or any other like you know Akamai failing to scale at the appropriate rate for you? It's it's a little bit of both of what you said. So the CDN usually doesn't scale fast enough, which is the reason why when you're watching, say the World Cup as you mentioned, the video starts buffering or it starts freezing because it doesn't the CDN doesn't have the capacity to withstand all the viewers that are jumping in to watch the game at the same time. So in a sense, right. it's, it's that Intel 2 helps with specifically that situation. And, and the beautiful thing about the solution, if I understand correctly, is that if it doesn't need it, if it's not scaling, if people aren't all piling in, then Intel 2's got nothing to do. If they are piling in, then by its very nature, the more people who are watching it, their browsers are helping feed back upstream data to help support the whole experience. Exactly. Yeah. So Intel 2 actually Great. works better with, with more viewers in that sense. Because like you said, if, if if it recognizes that the CDN has enough capacity, enough bandwidth to work by itself, then it lets it work by itself. And that's that's a great thing about Teltu. Great. So we've, we've combined a bunch of different P's that we talk about in that. So we've got this persona of someone who's, I guess, expecting at some point they might run into delivery issues of their video because there could be a demand and they don't want to embarrass themselves. It could be, you know, a one-off product launch. It could be Microsoft to tonight to due to, I mean, Microsoft probably wouldn't because they'd feel pretty bad if their network couldn't deliver, but you never know, right? It's, it's how many people are going to stream the Apple release or the Surface device release or whatever it happens to be, football. Okay. So that's, that's who we're targeting. And the problem they've got is it's actually an interesting interesting situation you've got to market to right because you're not it's not a problem that they've got now it's a problem that they might have so i'm just wondering how you've got to kind of create the fear like it's not it's like insurance you've got to sell insurance to the broadcasters and say hey look you haven't got a problem today but you might have a problem tomorrow so pay us today for the problem you might have tomorrow how do you get around that with your marketing that's that's exactly actually how we try to sell it. So the the main like keywords we usually use is safety net. We sell tell to as a safety net for like you said for the problems for the future. Because the best way of selling this is if you replicate with a person or resonate with a, a company that has had a problem in the past with streaming. Say they've done a live event or even have video on demand like Netflix, and their numbers are just so big that they weren't able to produce the stream when the viewers wanted it at the moment. So you kind of have to find the niche of how you can convince them that this will happen again in the future. Because from what we see in the statistics that we've seen, basically are showing that streaming is the future. So we're trying to promote for the future. We're trying to promote the safety net for the future. Right. And you and you set your pricing around the idea that it's around like insurance, they pay for it monthly, or is it a usage-based thing? So if you don't need it, if it's not a success, if no one turns up to watch your live stream, does it not cost you very much money? How do, how do you structure that so that it's palatable? So it's it's a little bit based on the usage basage and it's monthly fee. Depending, the way we set this up is we offer a free trial, which we've actually seen 
has worked really well with our customers because we get in contact with someone that we've researched and we've seen a company that could be of use of tell to. So then we reach out to them and after a couple conversations, if, if we're lucky, we convince them to have a free trial. This costs them no money to them. It's just showing that they could put the tell to into production and see how it works. And then based off that trial, we get an estimate of prices based off the bandwidth usage, the traffic, and the amount we offload off the CDN. That tends to be the biggest number because we guarantee roughly in between to 30, 50% of CDN offload. Right. So that's that's the important part, right? So that's your promise there is, so explain to me a little bit. So again, non-technical guy or a little bit technical guy, 30 to 40 or 30 to 50% CDN offload. So that's you picking up, delivering above and beyond what their CDN was able to do at a point in time. Exactly. So basically what that is, is that's how much pressure we took off the CDN and how much technology was used, our technology, the peer-to-peer technology. Right. And, and do you then like, because if you're selling that to an, exe- I mean, there's going to be a technical technical sale, and I and I kind of want to understand who exactly you're selling it to. But I would imagine the decision makers, the person who's like heads on the line here, that they have to deliver this product. There has to be a good experience. So it's going to be someone on that side of things, on the product side. Do you then like demonstrate what it would have looked like? So it's almost like, hey, here's the experience for someone who was only, would have only been on your CDN. You kind of deliver the choppy version of the video, and then here's the experience coming over our platform. Are you able to visualize that, or do yeah. you quantify it just in like raw numbers? No, so we we do a little bit of both. When we have we have a integration call where we show them how they set up the free trial, and in that same trial, we already have the characteristics lined up, say the amount of traffic they're expecting the video player they they want to use for for this stream and we show them in the moment of what it looks like when tell2 is using different peers to to use as uh, distribution points so we can kind of show that okay. at, at live and then yeah i can look i can i can see that and i can see different i guess target people within the, the company you're going after are going to have different viewpoints right so there's going to be a ceo who's going to go i don't understand the numbers show me the difference and they look and go yeah that one looks better sure pay them and then you're going to have the the tech guy who's there who's just looking at the numbers so wh- who are the people that you're presenting this to who are the typical stakeholders in a company that really get what you're doing and sort of champion the, the adoption mostly it's the chief technology and chief technology officer or the head of engineering are usually the people we try to reach out to of course in bigger companies it's it's hard to get to them directly so maybe you work a little bit on the product side and then they introduce you to the right person and once you have that conversation with the cto or the head of engineering they're the ones you're pitching everything to. Yeah, because they're the ones, even if even if someone else is making, running the final check, they're the ones when it goes wrong that they get the phone call in the middle of the night to say, why isn't it working and why has my stream gone wrong? It's the, it's the CTO who gets the midnight phone call. Okay, they're the one who's got the, <laughs> the most drive to adopt your product. Exactly, yes. Yeah, so we've got, so in Australia, like I'm talking about, so sporting events, are, yeah, Australia loves sports and that's always a big thing. And we've got, we're in grand final season at the moment. So we've got our two major football codes who are having their grand finals one week after the other. And then in about a month's time, so probably a couple of weeks after this episode goes live, we've got the Melbourne Cup, which is our horse race. And it's such a ridiculous horse race in Australia that, that they call it the race that stops a nation because actually in Melbourne, it's a public holiday and really? pretty much every workplace in the country stops work at about two o'clock and everyone watches and gambles on a horse race. <laughs> and, you know, gambling, you've got to be 18 to gamble in Australia mm-hmm. unless it's the Melbourne Cup, in which case primary school classes all pick out horses and they all win prizes or trophies and they dress up. It's, it's an unbelievable thing but really? it, it no strikes idea. me again it's 
yeah, it's it's just it, it's coming a little bit out of favor because horse racing's moving a little bit out of favor and sort of with animal rights. But it's still like this crazy thing that just has like Taylor Swift was booked to perform on the on the track for this for this oh, wow. year's Melbourne Cup. <laughs> anyway, the reason why I mention it is you know it's a short window. It's three and a half minutes worth of race. Everyone tunes in. Like basically everyone's getting it. There's not television set, so everyone's pulling data now because it's everything's digital. So each year it becomes that thing where the stream doesn't quite get there. So let's run through that. And so Victoria Racing, who runs this, they run the Melbourne Cup this year. More people stream it than ever have before. It doesn't work. It's going to be uproar. Like if the stream fails, it's going to make the front page of the papers mm-hmm. tomorrow or you know, the day after the race. How do you go in there without looking like you're trying to sell like, you know, funeral products out of funeral time? Like how do you because it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit sadistic. It's kind of like, yeah. hey, we saw that you failed in front of seven million people. <laughs> how would you like to buy our product now? Is there is there a soft way that you can go in there or is it just brutal from the start? It kind of is just brutal from the start really because as i said we we offer it or the main words we use are safety net so the when we go in there we try to give them the confidence that this won't happen again basically saying like look this happened to you now it happened in the past you can't do anything about it but you can prevent it from happening again let's have a conversation you know so there's really no other way to go about it than going going head on being direct and if they're interested great then the conversations keep going if not then like you said they might be really mad and kick you out the door but then they risk having it again yeah. And and is that is that the primary path? Is is when you say straight in, is that means your it's like outreach and it's engagement and it's direct selling? Or do you have a marketing layer that sits over the top that's kind of building up the brand of the company, the positioning as well? So we're relatively starting with our marketing now. We're kind of revamping our website, starting with SEO and and all that business. But for now we're doing, as you mentioned, like direct to consumer. We do straight outreach via email and phone calls and it's just getting in contact with the right person having a conversation 15 minutes and if everything works out going on to those next steps meeting the next people and hopefully setting up that trial but it is all at the moment direct we are working on remembering our pr we're trying to kind of get our our word our brand out there so to say you know because as i mentioned it's a relatively new technology and people are actually scared of it because when you hear peer-to-peer the excuses we've heard in the past is the people, how do I know that people aren't going to steal information from our users and information like that? So because it's a new technology, they're, they're scared of it. And you had to kind of convince them that, look, this is a secure technology. Everything is encrypted when it passes through the CDN. Everything passes through the CDN first before it goes through Tel2. And there's no, there's no issues with it in the sense of you don't put any of your consumers at risk. All you do is improve their overall quality of experience while reducing your prices as well. Yeah, I can see how I can see how that would work. And I'm I'm guessing, you know, case studies is going to perform a fairly important function for you guys, which is to say, hey, you know, this is what we've been able to deliver. Like here's the the spikes in traffic and here's how we've been able to handle it. Is that something that you're you've got a bit of a focus on or is it is that sort of down the track for you guys? Yeah, I'd say I'd say that's honestly our, our one of our biggest focuses right now. So when people have that doubt of okay, you can be a yes man and tell me everything on the spot saying this works, this works, this works. But where's the proof? And then we have a couple of case studies that you say we we show with them, it resonates with them, such as we've helped stream the Copa America in Brazil. We've done a couple of games for La Liga here in, in Spain. We've done Eurovision Eurovision as well. So we had those case studies to back up our claims. Yeah. So when you say you did Eurovision, was Eurovision one stream to the entire world and everyone patched into it, or is it localized in each country? Well, that was that was local that was through a broadcaster here in Spain. Right. Great. 
Okay, so you're out there pitching and people have got to understand what the product is. What are the alternatives or how do you position yourselves in the market? Because obviously I'm able to rattle off a couple of, you know, like Azura or however you pronounce Microsoft's cloud product and Amazon mm. and Akamai and, and Google Cloud. So is that what people compare you to? I mean, I realize you sit on top and you sit, you know, you're in addition mm-hmm. to that, but is that is that who you're actually competing with? Is sort of pointing out that they're not perfect or are there other tools out there and you've got to distinguish what you do in peer-to-peer as, as a better alternative it's it's both there are other solutions right now that offer a similar technology to ours but the i'd say our main competitor is the cdn because we're competing with their prices as you said we sit on top of it and we sell it as a point of we understand you're paying this amount but if you integrate with us you're going to reduce that amount to an even lower amount yeah so classic startup problem where people have a bit of a problem but they you know cdns are still in cloud cloud hosting is still so new that people are like well this must be the best so you actually have to like pull it back a little bit and go yeah it's good but it could be better so you've actually got to go against but you've got to point out that whilst some of these cdns are amazing there's actually even an even better solution that you can layer over the top so yeah so tough one you've got to actually make people realize they've got a problem yeah, and the yeah, hard part is having you. them. In, <laughs> the hard part is having them invest in that time because a lot of the excuses we get is that right now, even if you were to save us money, it's not a priority. We're happy with the prices we're paying. You know, it takes time, and time is money out of them to study this new technology and see if it's actually worth integrating and reducing the prices we currently have. Yeah, and in terms of barriers to entry, like outside of price, I mean, you know, you're talking to a CTO. What other barriers to entry is? Is this something where it's difficult to integrate, or if you try to reduce those so that it's like really easy to test and maybe you know, even walk away if they wanted to? No, so the the integration is actually really easy, and the way we sell, as I said, we set up a free trial to demonstrate how easy the integration is. The trial usually lasts two to three weeks or so, depending on the client. And it's just an HTML code that you integrate on their player. It takes 30 minutes. We have a call with our engineers to set it up. And once it's integrated, you are in full control. So both the company, the broadcasters are monitoring it, and we're monitoring it from our end. And we're, we're ready to fix anything in case anything goes down, which rarely happens, but it has happened in the past. But the integration is another solid point because it's, it's so simple. It's so easy. It's just literally two lines of code that they integrate in their player, and that's it. Then they just had to monitor it once it's in production and select the playlist that they want to use to stream to. And then that's all on their part. Right. Oh, I mean, it sounds sounds relatively easy. Like, as, <laughs> again, as, as the non-tech guy, I'm looking at it, doesn't sound too hard. So, you know, for that that kind of thing, whereas, you know, the, the jump to move from, you know, from one CDN to another is huge. You know, that's, just, yeah. that's a real considered process. So yours actually is relatively, well, it's almost painless when you consider the alternative, right? Exactly. And that's, that's the thing we try to argue too, is that we don't, so we don't modify whatever current distribution they have at the moment, whatever CDN they're using, as you said, we just add at, we just add on to it, yeah. you know? So really, yeah. it's, it's just that way overall an easy experience. But it's hard to sell at some points because it sounds so simple that sometimes they don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, and that, yeah, sometimes you probably have to add a layer of complexity to it so they go, oh, now I believe that it's really... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> so it makes a little bit of sense at that end, yes. <laughs> yeah, you might, yeah you run, sometimes you can run into those problems where you position something and it seems too good to be true and people just go, oh, I just don't believe it. And you're like, no, just give it a try. So, <laughs> so out, outside of outreach, you know, if you, when, when and if you have people who are just sort of coming in the door through sort of recommendations and virality, and so I'm talking about propagation here, how do you see that or how is that working? 
working for you guys? Is it something where you see one tech person talk to another because they're all, you know, they're all on forums and chatting separately and word of mouth spreads like that? Or is it a case that you kind of really, you get an event, you know, La Liga grand final gets away, there's no hiccups and you hero that through your PR agency and that's how you kind of end up getting a whole lot of inbound inquiries? Yeah, I'd say it's more the second part. So if we have a success at a, at a big event, we kind of push that through PR, through social media, through our own word of mouth because we know a lot of people in the business. And then through that, we get people reaching back out to us. We are trying to push more the with our current contacts that we have for them to see if they can have any possibilities of maybe companies, broadcasters, operators that they know would be interested in tell to. And we are sort of starting that process as well. But what we've seen works best is when we ourselves begin to promote the events we've worked at and the events we've been successful at. Yeah. And I can just see that being the biggest thing. And there's, and like you said, you know, in my mind, I just think of sports and I just think of those yeah. moments where you're trying to watch something and it, and it lags and you just get frustrated. And, but exactly. even, you know, like you said, massive networks like HBO struggled with Game of Thrones when that was released. Mm-hmm. There's all these kind of things. So in my mind, yeah, I'm thinking sports, I'm thinking Game of Thrones and, and, you know, like big blockbuster releases. I guess it also works. And we were talking about their like live announcements where it might just be a burst. You just don't really know how big it's going to be. So that's like product announcements. Mm-hmm. Are there other other kind of use cases that you can that pop up frequently for you guys, or are they sort of the the main avenues? Yeah, I mean, as you said, the the main our main production comes from live sports, live events, enterprise streaming is another big one. But video demand we work with as well. So we have a, a couple customers where we've seen that we've had as little as say maybe 67 concurrent viewers so people watching stream at a time and we were still able to offload the cdn at around 30 to 35 percent or so it typically works a lot better for when there's unpredictable bandwidth spikes like that's the whole reason it was created for live events for live streaming for enterprise streaming but we have seen that it does work in events with fewer users, fewer viewers at the moment. That's interesting. So even even if it's not scale, but it's like you just can't afford for it to go down, this can be the kind of layer that sits over the top and offers that level of protection so that everything's delivered. Brilliant. I love that idea. And I guess the other thing too is, you know, if, well, I guess it depends, right, on, on how the, the peer network is spread out. So if it's all localized and it's away from maybe where the CDN is actually strong, you might find it actually that the peer network delivers a better overall quality. So yeah and where where we've seen this actually has worked best is kind of companies or companies sorry regions that are struggling with cost constraints where they want to optimize their platform as much as possible but they don't have the cost to do so we've seen this has happened a lot around europe and in latin america in the u.s we've seen it's been a little more difficult to penetrate that market because the cdm prices are very low and we run into that situation as i mentioned earlier that their CDM prices are at a certain point where they don't have it as a priority to reduce, even though we would reduce them. That's one of the issues we run into. But if you go to markets such as Asia, Europe, and Latin America, where CDM prices are still extremely high because they don't have the resources or the technology that they do in the US, then that's the market we kind of try to penetrate in the market we've had more success in. Uh, so I've, I totally missed that market positioning. So so not only is it about better quality, not only is it about reliability and the user experience, there, there's a potential here that the net cost or the, so the gross cost sorry of the two services is actually lower because they use your platform rather than the cdn and they sort of spike through a a pricing threshold is that is that what you're saying there yeah so basically as i mentioned before when we when you add on tell to you reduce the overall price as a whole so yes you still pay the cdn and yes you still pay tell to but because we reduce the amount of bandwidth you use a cdn then your cdn prices goes lower so you're overall you're overall saving money in the end right 
Sorry, I, I yeah, totally missed. It. I, I was just focused on the user experience. It didn't even occur to me <laughs> that there might be a cost saving there. I just assumed it was a uh, that it was an additional cost, but you were doing it because it was important to deliver it. So yeah, no. So that's those are like the three points we try to sell, or the two points which is you can use it as a safety net. So it, it gives you the security blanket of if something goes wrong, tell two is there. But at the same time, you're improving the quality of the streams for your end users and you're reducing the prices for yourself. Great. And just the last one from me, is there, from a, from a marketing point of view, is there something that you've done or it sort of worked well for you guys that you think, well, it's interesting to share or that other startup companies or, or new high growth companies might be able to apply or something that you're sort of proud of or a campaign or something that worked particularly well for you guys that you're happy to share? As I mentioned, so we're still relatively new in, in the marketing side of things, but what we have seen has worked is emphasis on SEO, which I myself have taken care of recently. And we've seen that that just has brought more people to our website as well as as blogs. I mean, I know everyone knows this, but if you can maintain your blog on a week to week basis, or even if it's just a post once a month, that really helps get word of mouth going, spreading, even if it's through LinkedIn, through Twitter, if you want to post it also, if you have an Instagram account. So connecting all your social media back to your website and back to the original blog posts. And when I mean blog posts, I mean more posts specifically, not so much promoting yourself, but promoting the market as a whole, because people come to read in something they're interested in. You know, they don't want to come to read on everything about Teltu. They're interested yeah. in maybe how Teltu could help them out, but they'd rather read about the market in general. So I'd say that blog posts and SEO are the two big factors that have been helping us in, in these early moments of marketing. Yeah. And is LinkedIn, I mean, with a, with a market of sort of CTOs, is LinkedIn your primary way or, or is Twitter sort of got good global reach and easy connections for you guys as well? I'd say LinkedIn is definitely the, the primary because as you said, that's all the, the business side of things, the technical side of things. Twitter, we kind of use just to repromote because almost everyone's on Twitter, you know, and if yeah. there's any breaking news of technology and as well as it is on LinkedIn, it'll be on Twitter. But LinkedIn is where a majority, we get our majority of our customers or contacts from. Great. Well, Jose, thank you so much. If people want to find out more about Tell2, reach out to you guys, what's the best places to find you digitally sort of online? So you can reach us out at our website, which is www.teltoo.com, or we have a LinkedIn page as well. And if you want to reach us via email, our email is contact at teltoo.com. Great. I'll make sure I include them in the show notes. So if you're listening on a phone and currently walking, you know, you can flick it up and get the links and click through from there. If you're driving, wait until you get somewhere, pull over and then, and then click on that <laughs> and, and be safe. But Jose, thank you so much for uh, sharing the insight. Look, you know, I can say from a marketing point of view, you know, it's a great opportunity. I can, I sympathize with your uphill battle because yeah. I had, until I looked at your site and I was like reading through it before the show, I'm like, I had no idea this even existed. So, yeah, you know, exactly. classic startup <laughs> problem, right? You know, hey, Hey, here's, yeah. a, here's a problem you didn't know you have and here's a solution you didn't know existed and then try to sell it. <laughs> so look, mate, best of luck with it. And I love the sound of technology. So I'll do whatever I can to champion you guys moving forward. <laughs> Thank you, Jared. I re really appreciate it. really appreciate the time and speaking with you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope we were able to provide you with some great marketing ideas that will really help your business. As always, if you'd like to support me and the show, just jump onto iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and rate and review. Those reviews really make a difference and help me reach a broader audience. If you'd like to connect, the best way to find me, of course, is on LinkedIn, following me on social media, or just connecting. And if you've got ideas for future episodes or you're a marketer and you would like to appear in a future episode, just hit me up on LinkedIn as well. I'd be happy to have a chat. Thanks a lot. 
and I look forward to speaking with you next week.